So garland of visions, verse number seven. As knowledge of oneself shrinks, so nescience, avidya, becomes prevalent. It, assuming names and forms in a most terrible fashion, looms here, ghost-like. Commentary. Only when the world is considered real as it appears, does living in it arouse fear. If considered unreal, the world would give no cause for fear. How can something unreal be fearful? Therefore, the inquiry for the cause of fear and suffering in life also comes within the range of the study of adhyaropa or superimposition. Human beings naturally are afraid of ghosts. When do we see them? They are never seen at daytime. They are seen only at night. At night, you may see a ghost standing there in darkness. Almost similar is what happens in the absence of wisdom light. There too is a darkness, the darkness of ignorance or avidya. A clear definition of this avidya is reserved for chapter 4. Here it is simply portrayed as the state in which self-knowledge, atmavidya, is lacking. What is atmavidya? It is knowing the self or knowing oneself properly. It is the clarity of awareness you get as an answer to the question you ask yourself, who am I? According to what we have learned so far from this study, this world, each one of us forming an integral part of it, is nothing but him self-emanated because of the prakriti inherent in him. I should then become fully aware. I am but a minute particle of God becoming self-unfolded. Then I realize my existence and God's existence are inseparably one. No one is afraid of oneself. Fear is always of someone or something else. That which arouses fear is also really only a speck of God become manifest. That means oneself and the fearful object are merely two different facets of one God. This much awareness having been attained, all fears seem to vanish. This disappearance of fear is caused by self-knowledge or Atmavidya, the knowledge that I am part of God's beingness. Though everything in the world is part of the manifest form of God, we somehow remain ignorant to this basic fact. Why is it so? Because each entity has its own specific form, Rupa, and these forms when seen are taken to be real forgetting the substance that assumed these forms. One apparent form is different from another, and such forms are countless in the manifestation of God. As a result, the world is taken to be the aggregate of these forms. One form is not only differentiated from another, a different idea is also conceived about each form. In order to separate out these ideas and also to communicate to others what such conceived ideas are, we formulate words or names, nama. Such names are merely linguistic signs. Still, we find ourselves incapable of perceiving this world without the aid of these signs and the ideas they signify. In short, it is almost impossible to say definitely whether the world is the aggregate of external visible forms 
or the aggregate of conceived ideas. The world experience, as far as humans are concerned, would be there only in the presence of both. It is taken for granted that the conceptual world is a replica of the perceptual world, but no evidence is available to prove it, so it remains a belief. So to say a blind belief. Our world experience, in short, is one in which both names and forms, namas and rupas, fuse together in an undefinable way, and such is the world that arouses fear. Everything perceptual as well as conceptual, being part of the self-manifestation of God, human minds, the ideas conceived by them, and the names given are also so. We are thus part of the becoming of God, so are the names and forms as well. It is the ignorance of this basic oneness that arouses in us fear of the world of names and forms. Given that everything is part of God's self-manifestation, fear too is to be considered so. God himself then would have to be thought of as the cause of fear. Why did God make such a world is the point contemplated on in the next verse.